Man, we uh, we did a lot today. Uh, X Factor and myself personally, I wanted to do a lot with horsemanship this year, and uh, and where it really stems from is uh, I was telling you this earlier when we were filming, but I went uh, with Charlie Crawford, and he's been helping me out with my heading, and I got a really good head horse. And there's a couple of little deals that he showed me where I was losing time in the run and kind of losing the steer, and and there was a miss here and there that I was getting at some ropings where I felt like my horse was kind of losing his shoulder, and and I come over here and ride with you, and, and it's like. Man, in, in a minute of me riding around, you're like, hey, this is exactly what's happening in just a circle. You know, I'm just loping a circle. And I just, I think as team ropers, it's so important for us to understand how the little things that our horses may do, uh, even just loping a circle or how they feel shows up in our runs and when we're competing. So I, I really appreciate you filming uh, and, and doing as much as you did with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I had a blast. So, Red, uh, I'd like to kind of get get a little bit of a background on you. You kind of grew up where I'm from a little bit there in, in Utah. Kind of tell me how you get started in the industry and, and, and where you grew up and kind of what childhood was like for you. Okay. Man, like you said, I grew up in Riverton, Utah. Um, really, we had horses when I was younger, um, but I really didn't start riding consistently with by any means until I was about 16, 17 years old. Um, played baseball a lot. Uh, that was pretty much what my childhood consisted of. You know, I've got two brothers and a sister, and we all played sports. I played baseball all the time, and uh, I, f I found a, a job in the fall working at a team roping jackpots in South Jordan, Utah, and uh, just running steers up the alley, and I fell in love with it. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen and wanted to rope. I mean, that's what I wanted to do, and so... Uh, the guy that worked at the jackpot, he let me ride one of his good heel horses and um, let me rope a couple steers and somehow I caught one by a foot probably or something and um, I just fell in love with it and uh, heck just moved down here and and uh, tried to learn all I could about it and I've been ate up with it ever since. Right, so uh, I mean you've, you've got a, a a big background with team roping then and that's kind of how you made your you kind of started into the the western industry or whatever right. you call it as you started out team roping and 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 moved into the working cow horse at what point in time did you start getting interested in like the the show horse and and that aspect of it so when i when i started you know i didn't have horses i mean my parents they had tried horses when we were younger and gotten away from them, and so I had to buy my own, and I had no money, you know, as you would expect most 17-year-olds would, and uh, so I would buy anything I could find, mares, anything I could get for cheap, and I would try and train them. You know, that's all I knew how to do. I'd watch videos and try and learn, and so I created a love of horsemanship from the start because... If I was ever going to get them to be rope horses, I had to train them first. And most of them I had to start, you know, or at one time I had a blown up head horse that I started healing on, you know. So it was always horsemanship based. Even my roping was horsemanship based because I couldn't afford the finished horses. And so uh, I just fell in love with training them. And then when I moved down here and saw the cow horse and saw the things a horse, those horses were doing, man, I wanted my rope horses to work like cow horses. And so for a while, I quit roping at pretty much totally and just cow horse. You know, I I uh, start a lot of colts here and 
the cow horse I've fallen in love with the progression of it you know the amount of amount of well just how broke those horses are how they operate how much control you have over them how good they are going fast um showing has been humbling to say the least you know it, it's taught me so much about myself it's taught me a lot about horses um it's hard I mean it's so hard those guys are so good and the horses are so good and um, it just takes such an incredible amount of timing and athleticism and patience and and really just a I don't know a relentless work ethic to just compete let alone win against these guys down here and um, what drew me to it at the start was wanting to make really good rope horses and I fell in love with it and now I mean I'll always have as many as I can take as, of cow horses it's it's an incredible journey you know that it's uh it takes so much time to do it versus just roping but you learn so much and I guess the part that intrigues me is constantly getting my butt kicked you know it's it's so hard down here to win and uh in the cow horse and you you put yourself through so much stress so much stress and so much pressure in a in the horse show environment and it just makes everything better you know your horses get better um i'm more relaxed when i go to a jackpot and high call or you know whatever happens um it helps helps your horses learn to handle pressure and then dang sure has taught me a lot about myself as well so in the cow horse deal because there's there's a lot to it and, and showing could take me through like a, a typical event and and what you know, kind of how the judges what to look for and what the sure. horses are asked to do. I, that's something I'm not real familiar. With. Sure, sure. So, in an aged event, which would be a major NRCHA show, you know, they're going to have um, three three go rounds per se. They're going to have the herd work or a cutting, and then the reining or dry work, and then the fence work. And uh, in the cutting, it's a lot like normal cutting is, except we can use our hands to help them, you know, and we, as a three-year-old, four-year-old, and five-year-old, they're in a snaffle bit, so um, no leverage bits at all, um, smooth snaffle, and so you're going to show them out of the herd just like a normal cutting horse. You know, they're looking for ultimately the same things, except we don't uh, have reining, you know, as far as reining points, you don't get docked for picking the reins up. Um, in in the cow horse reining it's going to look a little different it's going to look more maybe a little bit more aggressive you know they're not going to be quite so finesseful the horses go to the ground a lot harder um may turn a little faster maybe not quite as correct as most most straight reiners but uh um a lot the same in the reining and then the best part is down the fence you know that yes. goes fast and it's it's as close to roping as you can possibly get. You know, it, you go so fast, and those horses are so trained, and um, it's a blast, man. But it's three days of competition, usually separate days. Usually you come back and have to do it all again in one day on a finals, you know. Um, it's grueling. It's hard on horses. It's hard on the, the riders. But uh, it's, it's incredible. It's a, it's a big time for sure. Well, and that's, I think the thing is you're, you're doing a judged event. So every move throughout while, while you're in the arena, essentially, is pretty much judged. And then when you're adding a high rate of speed, like working them on the fence, you cooking down through there yeah. when you're rolling them back. And I, I suggest everyone look at some videos on that because it, I mean, it looks 
really really fun it is fun it is fun uh what about you know i i've heard this a lot but i i've heard you know that a lot of guys like the cutting rejects and different types of uh kind of training backgrounds for the horses but i have heard from a few people now that the working cow horse they take to roping the best and and i think it's because of how they're you know they're in a snaffle and they're kind of they hold their shoulders up a little bit more and they, they work kind of driving towards them. How, how do you feel like that transfers over to team roping? You know, so I've, <clears throat> I've started horses in the roping, like say straight rainers or straight cutters, and they both make good horses, both make good rope horses. But the reason that the cow horses make so much faster to me is the fence work. I mean, I, I really think that's what trains these horses so fast in in the roping is the fence work you know the the change of direction the high rate of speed um reading a cow circling a cow is huge i mean i circle a cow a lot on my rope horses um that the amount of guide they have at a high rate of speed and then to be able to adapt to any change you know in the cut in the raining you have a pattern you run you run a pattern and in in the cutting you know most of it's at a trot maybe a long trot and and they don't really get loping that much and if they, and they do sometimes but the ideal cutting run would be at a trot or a long trot you know right in front of them um and the cow work you're a cooking man and you're changing leads you're changing direction um you're reading a cow you're you're trying to control a cow if one comes off the fence trying to haze it back while running and most of it's in a dang snaffle bit so you don't have much control um as far as trying to keep those horses soft you know it's uh as soon as you get one to make a, a good fence run like you can make a, a solid fence run on one in a snaffle bit man they're pretty much ready to go to healing i mean they've you're not going to show them anything in the healing that they haven't seen in in the fence work for sure right i mean that's that's probably a i mean i think you're spot on is it's team roping and working them on the fence you're moving fast while reading the cow and, and and doing it for kind of there's not a set pattern you know right. you, might, you might go to a roping and it's completely different than the one you're previously at as far as the setups and things like that go. that's right and so yeah to, to really control their mind is is tough uh so you've got into training horses and and i mean now i've i've been around you for a little bit but you you train a lot of rope horses like i know like shay carroll jackie crawford charlie crawford you know the, the you you get to deal with a lot of the high-end rope you know the ropers in the industry how did you get started down here and kind of get into that uh, you know i just i just wanted to be down here where everybody was you know i've always been uh, I don't know, I guess, drawn to competition, you know, and if you're going to play baseball, I think you need to go to the major leagues. You know, I think you need to go where the competition is, and it was here for me, in my opinion. You know, there's incredible horsemen here. There's great team ropers here, you know, so you got to get in there and mix it up and get your butt kicked because I think it makes you get better. So, um I just came down here and started riding. I had a good horse uh, that I started and um, was was lucky enough to sell her to a, a team roper that's well-known. And uh, it kind of spread from there. And um, I've got to start some horses for, you know, uh, T and Jackie Woolman and 
Jackie and Charlie Crawford and Molly and Turtle Pal. You know, there's lots of great people that I'm so blessed to know that have let me start Colts for them. And then it's all just kind of stemmed from there. And you know how tight-knit the the world is down here. Um, I've been very blessed with some great clients and, uh, you know, some opportunities that have been right. I'll forever cherish. So you talk about losing and getting your butt kicked and getting something out of it. I mean, what does that mean to you as far as how, how do you try to go about that? When, you know, when you're competing at, at the highest level, I mean, losing, it, it just happens a lot. So what is your mentality towards that? You know, I don't think I, – I heard a cow horse trainer uh, one time say uh, winning and losing is both very temporary, so you probably better not put too much stock in either one. You know, um, to me, winning is awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to win. But I learn way more from losing than I ever have winning. You know, I, when I win, it's almost – it's a sense of accomplishment. You're proud for sure. But the next day, it starts all over. And you may win on one horse and lose on another the same day, you know. So I just, I've never felt like I got as much out of winning as I do losing. So, and I want to lose big. Like, some people don't have that mentality, but I've always been like that. If I want to lose, I want to lose to Boyd Rice or Todd Bergen or, like, I want to get my butt kicked. I don't just want to kind of lose, you know. And it's the same in the roping, you know. I... I want to lose big. I want to learn as much as possible. If I'm going to put myself through the, you know, the stress or the pressure of competition, I want to learn the most from it. I either want to win and go back again, or I want to lose and learn enough to come back and maybe be competitive next time. Right. I don't just want to go out there and, and kind of fit in. You know, that, I don't learn, any th learn anything from that, and I want to learn as much as possible. Yeah, when you say lose big, I, and what I hear, and I think it's, I mean, if you're in those big situations, for example, like a, 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 I look at it in a roping, if you're at the toughest roping in the world with the best guys in the world, you now know and get to watch what it takes to be competitive at that level. You are, you are in the trenches with them. That's right. And, uh, and when they spit you out, which happens a lot, you usually have a good idea of what to work on the next day. That's right. Yes, sir. You know, one thing with the horse training aspect is, you know, you're constantly working on horses. You're constantly riding them. And, uh, and that one thing we see with ropers a lot is they, they don't have a lot of time because they do have day jobs. Right. And so when they're training horses, it, it's all, you know, it's difficult. Uh, how many times a week do you try to ride your horses that you're training? And, and would, do you kind of have a, like a number for, like, I like to ride them five times a week for this time or two or three or six or what what works the best for your training program honestly it's pretty uh individualized i guess you know it depends on the horse um we try to keep between 20 and 25 head here um just myself and the boy that works for me riley page helps me out and uh so we can get through that many you know i'd, I'd like to say we ride i ride between you know 13 16 head a day and riley gets the rest of them um we try and spend as much time as they need and not not uh pick on them you know uh they all typically get ridden six days a week you know maybe a half day on saturday so some of them will get missed um some of the older more more trained horses may get a day off during the week something like that but typically the ones that are the worst get rode the most you know and and 
I don't like to wear them out. I don't like to exhaust them. I think um, they're just like us. They don't like to be picked on. They don't like to be told repeatedly that they're doing something wrong. You know, I try to win a little bit each day and, and uh, wash them, tie them up, and try again tomorrow. You know, I think uh, the, the old saying is 1% each day in 100 days is 100% better. So I try and go at it with that mentality. I don't try to, you know, take off big chunks and, and – get through something just that day and just put it on them and just get after them every day. I think they, you can wear them down mentally and physically, you know, you can cause some lameness issues, things like that. So we try and just chisel at them every day, just get them out and, and work them, um, work them for what they are. Don't try and, and make a horse that's maybe a little limited better than he is. Cause I think, you know, you take me out and sit me with Michael Jordan and shoot free throws and he keeps telling me I'm missing and that I suck and pretty soon I don't want to do it anymore you know so I try and per se teach them to shoot free throws the best they can shoot them and no more than that and um, to me it's important for them to be confident that's the biggest thing I need so if I've got one that's a little tough and he needs two hours of consistent work then I'm going to give it to him and if I've got a little hot fractious mare that needs to come out and trot around and have some confidence, 20, 25 minutes, and put her up, I'm going to do that. So it's pretty it's pretty individualized for sure. Right, really knowing your horses, trying to be in tune with that. When you say 1%, uh, like for me, I, I, when I see it, I, I have a, what I want to work on that day, and I go try to do that, and it's usually not a, a real big thing. It's just, hey, I'm going to work on my body posture right. right in out of the box. And if I do that every time, that's a win. That's right. Is, is that kind of the same mentality you have with training? Like you'll kind of pick one thing like, hey, we're just going to work on this horse's, well, like we'll use mine as an example, uh, this horse is kind of losing his right shoulder. So we're just going to do a few circles like that for 10, 15 minutes. Or how do you, how, what is your 1%? So once again, it depends on the horse, you know. Um, 1% maybe just like you're saying with, with the pretty brown horses, just try and get that shoulder over there. That'd be all I'd work on when I'm warming him up. And then I may go lope him or I may go rope the dummy and I may finish that session doing the same exact thing, you know. But 1% me means don't get too caught up in, in any one little thing. You know what I mean? Don't just, man, this horse's shoulder's bad, so just get after him and do it, you know, five days a week and 30 minutes at a time because pretty soon you're going to create other problems or you're going to create problems you didn't have, you know, so... 1% would just be go about it, but go about it as a horseman, not as a dictator. You know, try and teach them something and, and keep your training in a teaching way of mind, a teaching state of mind. You know, try and always articulate to them in a way they can understand it and the amount of pressure that it takes. You know, you're going to have to be as hard as you can, but as soft as possible. You know, I want to articulate to them in a way they can understand it, they can be confident about it, and they can gain a little bit today. I don't want them to gain a lot today. Typically, the horses that I worry about are the ones that have highs and lows. You know, they're great one day and they're average the next day, or, you know, that I don't like those big swings. I would like them just to gain a little bit every day, get a little better, a little better, a little better, and typically those horses are the ones that make it. Right. Well, and, and to you talk about confidence. Look at that. I mean, if if you've got a confident horse and like that no hesitation it's just yeah. i think that's what a lot of winners are i mean they they really believe in themselves and i think that goes for us as well as the, the animals we're training too absolutely so, all right so 
you know, we, we talk about making it work over here, and man, you, you know, you've got a place that you've been working on, and, and it looks great. You're full. I, I, when I first come to you, I'm like, hey, you know, how can we help you promote your deal at X Factor? You're like, well, I, you know, I'm pretty full on horses right now, so we want to really bridge the, you know, your goal is to bridge the gap between talking about cow horse deal and, 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 uh, and roping and kind of how they translate to each other and how, especially now with the World Series getting to where it's at and, and how competitive everything is. You, you hear it from bit makers all the time to, you know, ropers are paying attention to what it takes, all the little details. That's right. What do you think are some of the most important things we can do as team ropers for our horses? Like I each think, day with our training. Sure. I think just pay attention more, you know. Put your rope down every once in a while and just lope those horses around and take the bridle off that you ride at every jackpot and try a different one, you know. Lope them around without a tie down. Um, let somebody else ride them. See what they look like. Um, if you're at a spot where you can, man, find somebody that you, uh, you respect and take some lessons. Take some riding lessons, you know. Try and find somebody that will break up the monotony every day and... and Try and learn something, you know, horsemanship-wise. Don't just worry about your rope because it's going to get to a point, you know, here before too long where everybody ropes good. You know, there's so much knowledge with y'all doing what you're doing with X Factor. I mean, you can get on and look through 10 different healers and pick a style you want and really learn from them, and pretty soon everybody's going to rope good. But the ones that can win with their horse and keep their horse working and uh, have their horse do it confidently and not have to go buy a new one every year those are going to be the people that you're going to have to beat so in my opinion you better start paying attention you know to your horsemanship and try and keep the horses you got sound don't don't you know find excuses for them or you know try and work on them help them stay sound help them stay sharp train on them a little bit you know and if you don't know how go find somebody that can and take them to somebody and let them let them work on them let them keep those horses sound because they're I mean, they're, they've got a mind, you know, they're not just cars. They, you can mess them up. You can cause, cause a lot of anxiety. You can cause some stress and some pressure. So um, think about the horse first would be right. the way that I would say. So what are some ways you kind of work on improving yourself? Oh, man. So, you know, I, I don't really have the typical horse trainer story that I worked for so-and-so for five years. You know, I pretty much jumped into the deep blue and the only way that I've progressed the little bit that I have is is going with uh, man I find people all the time that I respect and I go ride with you know if, for the roping I mean Charlie's helped me a lot with my my team roping you know as well and um, T. Woman's helped me a lot uh, Shay's helped me a lot with my healing Joe Ferguson's helped me a good bit with my healing um, my horsemanship, I spend as much time as I can with anybody I can find that will talk to me. You know, I, I've flown to Todd Bergen's and had him help me. He's an incredible horseman. Um, just to be able to watch guys like that is incredible, let alone have them personally help you. So any chance you can get, you know, um, I go to Boyd Rice's probably a couple of times, couple times a week, you know, maybe uh, one, two, three times a month maybe, I guess. And uh, then all my friends... I love getting critiqued, so I've got friends that uh, that I ride with that either I show with or rope with, you know, um, you know uh, Ty Brown and Tyson Benson are some of my, my dearest friends, and 
they both rope and they both train cow horses and so i'll say hey jump on this horse and and have a feel of him tell me what you think or or they'll say the same thing you know tell me what you feel about this or um you'll do something in the run and you may fix a horse and they'll be like man i don't i don't i think you're knocking on the wrong door i think you need to fix this so just trying to find opportunities to learn and don't be afraid to ask them because it's uncomfortable i mean it's very uncomfortable to ask somebody that you respect that much to tell you how bad you're working or how bad you're riding you know it's yeah. it's a kick in the pants but that's once again the only way to learn so i i may wear those guys out but i never never pass an opportunity to learn right and uh so if you're doing something like that is is that ever like hard on your confidence or how do you oh, kind of jeez louise <laughs> very hard yeah it's like i said it's a kick in the pants almost constantly and i talk to those guys about it you know all oh, they'll give me something to work on like i gave you today with your horse's shoulder and you're going to come back next time your horse's shoulder is going to be fine and i'm gonna say well what the heck you got going on over here and man i thought you said his shoulder you know and it's the same thing especially in that dang herd work you know i'll go to boyd's or whatever and he'll say hey you work on this you know try and fix that and i'll kind of get it where i think man that's pretty good and i'll go back next time and it's something completely different so yeah it's it's hard it's hard on your confidence and uh man it it takes a lot of uh inner strength i guess to just power through it and okay this is what we're working on now and just get after it right kind of got to be able to see the big picture look at it long term absolutely okay, if, I, if i work at it like this for a couple of years or one percent every day right uh, pretty soon that's um, right and I, man that's a that's a big thing and it, you know the more i'm around it and while I'm around guys like Charlie Crawford, who'll be like, hey, go to Ritz. And then I'll, I'll come over here. And it's it's not something that I'm typically comfortable doing, but because it's hard. Like, I'm, I'm riding around this on this good head horse of mine, and I'm bouncing around like I feel like whiplash. Right, my right. Collie, and I'm like, man. And, and I think that that's uh, it, it's hard because we got to get out of our comfort zone and, yep. and understand that. But once we start doing that, we get comfortable being out of there and it seems like that's how you grow and and, and gain the, the quickest way at least at least that's what you see with some people and i think that some of your best trainers as well i would say if i was going to attribute anything to the amount of success i've had you know it would be that is not being well i shouldn't say i am afraid to get out of my comfort zone but i jumped the fence anyway you know i mean uh progression doesn't ha happen in comfort zones you know, you got to get outside of them. If you're going to get better, you got to just swallow your pride and go bounce around and figure it out, you know, because you can read books and watch movies, but you can't learn anything from these horses unless you're on top of them, in my opinion. Right. So putting together a game plan, that's riding right. them, and then rebuilding it because I'm sure right. there's going to be something else. That you're going to tear it apart. That's right. Yep. You know, and it, it's, it's a tough industry, too, because there's times where there's not a ton of money involved or there, you know, it just might seem tough. And you hear a lot of people, I, I just think they make excuses or don't want it bad enough when they say I can't afford it. But, you know, I, I come out here and I look at your place and then you're like, yeah, it's it's really coming together and we've been working on it. And you, you point to a spot over there and you're like, man, yeah, when I first bought this property, uh, we, we lived right here on, I was at a mobile home. Yes, sir. And it, and it, and it burnt down and, man, you know, you're just build a new house and, and things like that and kind of just keep moving forward and if you keep working and find the ways I, I think it's it's amazing to see where you can really really go with it yes my wife teases me all the time I don't know if it's I don't know if it's work ethic or ignorance or what it is stupidity but 
I mean, the only way I know to go forward is start walking. So, I mean, if you don't have an arena and steers and, man, rope a goat or get a donkey or, I mean, there's ways to work at it. You know, get you a, a little dirt patch and lope your horse around. You know, I, I think you may not have as much opportunity as some people with steers and arenas and, you know, everything else. But, man, you just got to get after it. They're, you're you're for sure not going to do it if you don't do anything and you've got a chance if you're trying right so. well and you can turn that lack of opportunity into the source of your greatest strength because if right. you're making the most out of everything you have with very little opportunity when you get more and more that i mean it just will capitalize yeah just yes, keeps sir. feeding into it all right so one thing with horse trainers that you see a lot is i mean you're riding a lot of them a day and i mean it's it's cold today we we are all bundled up the girls are freaking freezing right, over right, here. Right. Uh, but you're, you're riding how many a day? Oh, I, I get on between 13 and 16 a day. And pretty much six days a week. Yes, yeah, sir. So you got to love it. I do love it, yep. And is that is that kind of the main thing, is you just love the, you have that passion for it, and it just is able to keep doing it day in and day out and, and keep an even even temper you know that's the hardest thing i think about training is you see a lot of guys they they get burnt out yeah you know, how do you handle that you know i'm still waiting to get burnt out i guess um i just i love horses so much and i love a challenge and this is the most challenging thing i've ever done in my life and that's once again what drew me to the cow horse but i guess just my love of horses and it's so much fun to me to see them grow and change you know like <clears throat> a lot of people they want to ride finished horses for me i just want to ride two-year-olds i love starting two-year-olds i love feeling getting on a horse that's never been ridden and in in 30 days you can lope them both ways and stop them and back them up and they're confident and they accept you there's something cool about that i love it i mean i still Erica, my wife, makes fun of me all the time. I still go up to the house and I'm watching, you know, RFD TV or I'll watch Hunter Jumper show. I mean, I don't know. I just love it. I love everything about it. Um, the the thrill of, of uh, winning definitely intrigues me. I love to win. You know, it's, it's fun. Um, the thrill of feeling those horses change underneath me um, to get confident, to get one that's worried, to get confident. You know, that's a that's a huge huge deal for me it's it's really gratifying um probably just the day-to-day -day helping those horses through struggles is what keeps me going for sure right do you feel like the that that day-to-day -day and when you accomplish something with a horse like that uh, for example taking one from knows nothing hasn't been rode to a, a, a very good horse does that feel as good as any win at a show or roping to you probably better for me honestly i mean like that little horse i was riding today you know we had some luck on him here showed him at fort worth and it was his first show and he did good real good qualified him for the world show and it was awesome it was such a fun time but i mean that colt was barely halter broke when i got him so for me to just for me to take him there was awesome for me you know and it's the same with any of those horses i show in the cow horse or when a barrel horse customer that br brings me a barrel horse to start when they come watch 
you know, whatever his name may be, when they come watch Peanut, you know, and Peanut lets me get on him and he doesn't buck me off and he lopes <laughs> circles and they're so excited. That makes me happy. You know, it, it to see the look on their face, like they'd never seen that horse ridden before. And now he's loping circles and counter arcing and doing all this cool stuff. And that makes me happy. Right. As much as winning. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's what it's all about. Like, yeah. I, you know, that's what I've noticed the last few years. Uh, the more I raise them and kind of start, I, I don't really start them, but get on them at a pretty young that's age. Right. And, and like, I got a head horse that I just placed on at Denver the other day. And, and my dad had rode him quite a bit, but uh, last year I rode him kind of all year. And uh, I think he just turned six or seven. He just turned seven. And I, I was kind of the first one to, to really crack him out and rodeo my dad had taken him to a few spots and he right. did good and uh, it's just fun to do that you know and do it as a family gratifying too. for yeah. sure yep. yeah uh, so you're obviously at, at a great spot and came a long ways with with your whole program where, where do you see yourself going in the next five years you know this rope horse fraternity deals for sure got me intrigued uh just because these horses transfer so good from the cow horse I want to be more competitive in the cow horse and get back into the roping, you know. Um, got some good young rope horses coming up. Uh, I'm definitely jumping in both feet first again, you know, with uh, the roping. I want to go to a lot of World Series jackpots, uh, continue to train a lot of two-year-olds. Um, pretty much just keep doing what I'm doing, but uh, got some horses now to go compete on a little bit more. So kind of a homebody, you know, I've got two little boys and, um, the oldest one, Dax, plays baseball, and so I love being home with him and going to baseball games, and I don't want to be gone a lot. You know, I like to stay here and ride two-year-olds, and I like to, uh, you know, I, I love just being here working. I, I love it. So um, I don't ever want to be a guy that's on the road all the time. I don't care for that. But um, in the next few years, definitely do some more rope horse shows. You know, I, I really enjoy that. Um, maybe you know maybe get a little bit a uh, little bit more involved with that but but thanks for just keep doing what we're doing would right. be and do you like uh the idea of um, training horses for customers or do you do you kind of like the idea of having your own horses or what type of balance do you try to have with that <laughs> they cost too much man i'd rather train them for for other people you know it's it's a little more stressful quite a bit more stressful actually but uh we just uh the little roan belongs to my boy and uh that's really the only one we own you know um i like working for the public like i said it's gratifying to see somebody come get on their horse it was running through their hand and have a successful few runs on them you know that's that's worth it to me i really enjoy that part of it so um i like working for the public that's great uh you, you know that's something you don't hear very often uh, just a true passion and working for customers and and when i i first noticed it it was four or five years ago, um, I seen you come over to the house and ride with Shay Carroll. And you guys would ride horses together and would talk about it and just, you know, you could see the interactions. Like you were trying to adjust the way you were riding to fit rope horses and, and kind of, and just kind of have that balance so you understand what a customer is actually looking for and, and to see that, that passion for different disciplines as well. I think that's, that's a true testament to to how you feel about it. So. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, it's probably getting colder. I feel like yes, it's sir. about 40 it degrees cold. around here. This poor girl sitting on the concrete. Yeah, it is cold. Yeah, they're, they're pretty beat up over there. They're, they're going to be all right, though. They got another five or ten minutes, I'm <laughs> sure. Uh, 
Well, man, kind of the, the last thing that I, I would I, I like to do with this is for the younger generation that are wanting to get into it or they have that passion for it but don't really know some ways to go, what, would, what are some major deals that happened for you that, uh, that you kind of figured out to, to get you to, to where you're at and training? What, what, what would be some recommendations you'd, you'd give them? So kind of like we already talked about, you know, don't don't be afraid to learn. You gotta go ask those guys. Do not be afraid to learn. Find anybody you can uh, that you respect and go ask them. Go learn from them. Most of them are really really willing to help you. Um, and the second thing is, don't focus on everybody else so much. You know, focus on yourself. And, uh, work on yourself. Ride a lot. Take any opportunity you can to ride. Learn from the horse. Let the horse teach you because they'll teach you more than anything you could ever read or watch. Um, and then the biggest, probably the biggest thing for me is focus on the journey, not the destination. Like, appreciate every single day. You know, just ride those horses every single day. Work at them a little bit and love the work. Don't just, don't focus so much on winning because it doesn't happen that often. And you're going to be really miserable if that's all you care about. You know, you need to, you need to focus on the day-to-day -day journey. That would be my advice. I think that's pretty powerful stuff, the, the day-to-day journey, being excellent. Yep. And it's hard, but it's worth it. Would you consider yourself a lifelong learner? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Right. And a hard-headed one. Right. Yep. Um, I'm a definitely a lifelong learner, and it takes me a long time to learn, you know, but that's probably... I get asked the question a lot, who's taught me the most? And I would just say the horses, you know, they, they'll teach you because they're honest. And if you lie to them, they know, and they're not going to lie to you. So if you're doing something wrong, they're going to tell you about it. So. And do you think a lot of horse trainers that you, you were around or will kind of seek advice from, do you feel like they have that same mentality? Yeah, for the most part, I would agree. Yep. I think that's important to, to understand at least the, the sustainability of being at a high level for a long time it seems like a, a lot of people are really willing to learn but it, it does it takes a balance of being able to not break yourself down that's you know? right because it's it's just like that you if your horses will tell you what you're doing wrong and it probably shows up in, at a show or something like that uh, so that means you've got something to fix and uh, you can look at it like that like I got something to fix or I suck right and if you beat yourself up like that long enough I think you you know you see some great guys and in, in all walks of life it, it, that it gets to them and I think that that's important to understand yeah you got to be mentally tough that's for sure yep that's right. for sure well Rhett thanks again I you know I this is a big deal with x-factor I really suggest to everyone um, you, you covered so much with just understanding how your horse works to I mean I there was so many little deals that I picked up myself and and I just would highly suggest everyone check this these horsemanship videos out and uh, I think it's for every level of roper today so well, I appreciate it well Red, you want to add anything no I uh, maybe just uh, maybe just thanks the people that helped me you know uh, Martin Saddlery and Classic Equine uh, Cubit Hay Company um, my vet, Matt Immel there at Peak Performance, and uh, my wife and, you know, my family. I, I really appreciate them because it's hard on them, too. You know, I, I work a lot, so she's got a – she runs the books and takes care of everything for me, so I really appreciate that. And just thank you all. It was fun.
I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Um, you know, the, the other thing that we could thank you, if you want to put this in there, but, uh, you know, if you were interested in some private lessons, like I, I did one today with you, and I, I highly suggest anyone just come come over here and hang out and ride around with you a little bit. Uh, if you'd like to, where would be the best spot to reach you if you wanted to do something like that or, or become a potential customer? I know you're pretty full right now, but maybe uh, they get on the waiting list. That would be great. Um, <clears throat> we're on Facebook, REB Cow Horses. Uh, I don't keep up with it much, but my wife will for sure do it. Or uh, there's a phone number on there. Feel free to call or, or uh, send me a text. I would, I would love to do that. Awesome.